I even had a situation where I needed Jaden to watch his brothers for a little bit. <laughs> and I, I said, hey, Jaden, I need you to watch your brothers. And he said, well, you're going to have to pay me. <laughs> and I said, how much do you want? And he said, I want $20. Or No, I think it was like $200. Yeah. And I said, why? Well, I, I wouldn't. I can't pay you $200. And he said, hmm, okay, how about $1? <laughs> and I said, deal. So we got to work on his negotiation skills. Yeah. Hey, Ben. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I am doing not so well. Yeah. I've got the crud, as they call it. Little under the weather. It's been yeah. uh, it's been changing. The weather has been changing a little here. And like a little bit cooler. Like maybe instead of 112, it's about 105. Yeah. And when that happens, people start getting sick. Yeah, exactly. So. That's... They call it like hay fever and cedar fever. See, I don't know because I did have a fever. So I, I feel did like you what I had. Fever? Yeah. Oh, okay. I feel like what I have is viral. Yeah. And Which it's is just, the worst kind because then you just have to let it work its way out. Yeah. I have disco fever. That's what I have. Oh, okay. Thanks, Garrett. <laughs> Garrett in the chat set me straight. I, uh, but it's just not fun. Yeah. And it definitely makes doing the parenting stuff super difficult. Oh, yeah. When you're sick, you don't have quite as much patience. You don't feel well. And the kids kind of, at least ours, they sense that. And they go to town. They do. They just take it. <laughs> they're like, oh, he's sick. And and they, they, go, they go and do stuff. And they look at you like. You're not going to do not, anything about it. It's not like. I'm going to see if I can get away with it. They're looking at you and the the look on their face is literally, oh, you're not going to do anything about it. So look at, watch, I'm just going to watch you just sit there. Yeah. You're going to, you might yell my name or something, but I'm not deterred. You have no follow through right now. (laughs) Yeah. Well, but you got to tell the story of what the oldest did yesterday when he came home from school. Oh, that was so, so I was, he came home from school Thankfully, they walk themselves home from school now, and I I didn't have to put clothes on and go pick them up. Mm-hmm. And I was just hunched over on the couch with my blanket, and he came in and he said, "Daddy, are you feeling okay?" And I said, "No, I, I'm I'm sick." And he said, "Well, I'm going to make you something." And he made me a banana tart, a, a mashed <laughs> a mashed banana. <laughs> Tart. He's uh he's gotten into cooking lately. But he doesn't b- follow bacon. a recipe. No. He just makes up his own. So sometimes it's like, do I really have to eat this? <laughs> like, oh, this is so delicious. <laughs> but Thank it's, you. It's so sweet. Like it he really wants is. to make it for people, but we're gonna have to teach him how to follow a recipe. Yeah. So but it was it was a very kind thing for him to do. It's kind of fun though, you know, he's getting into baking and he's interested in making things and mm-hmm. and trying to cook so at some point it'll be good for us to foster that and try oh yeah to- well, we plan on eventually having one of the kids each night take care of you know planning the dinner 
That's giving right. us a grocery list. Because they need to learn how to do that, you know? One day they'll be bachelors out on their own and mom's not going to cook for them. Nope. <laughs> I'm going to be sitting here at home waiting for my husband to take me out to dinner because we never had dates when we had kids. <laughs> it works out great too because we have six kids. So that's six nights of the week. That's covered. right. We only are responsible for one. I'm kind of curious to know if it's going to be one of those things where it's like, oh, great, it's Hosea's week to go. It's Hosea's night to cook. Or if they're going to, oh, yay, Ace is cooking tonight. Yeah, if there will be a a favorite for the cooking. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, right now they don't get a whole lot of variety, just the two of us. So that'll be fun. Well, that, that kind of goes along with what we're talking about today. The topic is how much grown-up world should I share with my children? And when I say grown-up world, I'm talking mostly about things that adults are responsible for, like taking care of the bills or dealing with debt and finances, budget, mm-hmm. jobs, goals, that that kind of stuff. And so this is this is kind of an interesting topic for us because our oldest now is really starting to become interested in some of those things that are that are really beyond his realm of responsibility right now. And we could just say, Oh, you know, here's your allowance. You can, you can spend it on whatever you want and, and be really hands off. And while I do like hands off at a certain point, I really feel like this is an opportunity when we can give them some insight, let them into the world of what it takes to be an adult and the responsibilities that come with that. Um, that's that's a key component for equipping them to be successful adults. Mm-hmm. And it's not just showing them how to do those things. That was that was something that uh, I remember when I was uh, maybe a junior and, and senior in high school, about to get out into the real world. I had some anxiety. I remember feeling anxious about, oh, I, I don't know how to do some of this stuff. And so I had quite a learning curve when it came to, you know, managing a checkbook and that kind of thing. And, and so the how is important, but what's even more important than the how is the why, you know, how, how those things are connected to our values and how our values play, play out in the way that we do those things. Mm-hmm. So one of the great benefits is that children are natural contributors. They like to help out. And I know that doesn't always seem true, but, but they, they want to be independent. They want to do things on their own. And most of the time, what I've found to be true is that when I'm not the one pushing my agenda and the things that I want them to do, mm-hmm. they'll naturally look for ways that they can fill in and contribute because they want to add value to the family. Mm-hmm. And they they like the feeling of being able to accomplish something for themselves. They like the feeling of adding value to their family. And we can shape this natural tendency toward equipping them. We can use we can use this natural tendency to begin to teach them and show them some of the the things that we have to do as adults. And I it, it makes me check my attitude toward those things because when I think about 
budget, though you handle more of that than I do. Mm-hmm. When I th- when I think about the responsibilities of having a job and those kinds of things, I tend to feel a little bit burdened by those things. And I I forget what it was like to have this sense of, oh, this is a privilege. This is something exciting that I get to do. And so it's it's been really good for me when thinking through this to remember that these are, these are fun responsibilities. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, there's sometimes worry comes into play and anxiety and stuff like that. But, but when you're just looking at it objectively, it really is, it really is a great privilege to be able to manage those things in our lives and to shape them toward the kind of life that we want for ourselves. Yeah. It's, it's kind of weird because, you know, I've handled the budget since we were first married and you came to me as my husband in kind of a, like you were kind of a mess as far as finances were concerned. Yeah. But I think I just really enjoyed the challenge of fixing that, you know, like I enjoyed seeing where the puzzle pieces went and that kind of thing. And while now I don't enjoy that quite as much because they're, you know, with, with the kids and stuff, there are so many more responsibilities. Um, I still every now and then enjoy figuring out, you know, what, what goes where, cause we, we work on a really very detailed budget. I mean, yeah. it's like line by line, penny by penny. And that's just, that's always the way I've done things. Yeah. But, so, um, so one of the kind of, kind of a parallel example to this is we have, um, we have a financial budget, but we also have a time budget, mm-hmm, right? And, mm-hmm. and it happens to, it, it works out in the way that we, manage our schedule. And, and one night we were sitting down for dinner and I, I said to Jaden, Hey Jaden, if you could be in charge for one night and you could change the rules to be whatever you wanted them to be and the schedule to be whatever you wanted it to be, how would you change it? And, you know, he, he came through with the obvious answer is like, Oh, we would stay stay up up as late as we want. And, (laughs) And so then I started to ask him questions. I said, okay, well, if you stay up, really late, but you still have to get up early for, for school in the morning, how are you going to get enough sleep? And I, and I started to see the wheels turn in his head, you know, that there, there was, he, he was starting to grasp that there's actually a purpose behind the rules and the guidelines and this schedule that we've established. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's important for kids, especially when it comes to things like finances and time, because, um, you know, like in, in our entrepreneur world, sometimes we can get into those seasons where we're just, we're working all the time and sacrificing sleep. But if we open those conversations with our kids about, you know, like this is a temporary thing, it's only going to happen from this week to this week. And, and we just bring our kids into that conversation and almost have them hold us accountable to that. Like, so for example, this month, we typically will do one family fun day, at least one family fun day a month. But you had some extra work that needed to be getting done. And so we decided for the month of September not to have any family fun day so that you could work and I could just, you know, take the kids to the park or something like that. Yeah. And we explained that to the kids. And while they were a little bit disappointed at first, they understood the reasoning behind it. When we told them, you know, this is some stuff we have to do in order to get projects done on time and 
that kind of thing. And, and just exposing them to that kind of thing and knowing that it has an end point. So the first month or the first weekend in October, we're going to take a family fun day because yeah. they've, you know, they've sacrificed the whole month of September. And if we don't follow through with that, that end of, of that season, then they don't really learn anything from well, that. Well, and, and what they do learn is that it is this unhealthy precedent of, oh, I can, I can set these boundaries or guidelines, but I might break them. You right, know, that, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that messes with their sense of security. Yeah. The, and this is an important point. So we've, we've established that it is a healthy thing to let your children into the world of of some of the adult responsibilities and, and show them those things. But it's also important to be, take care with the way that you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we want to be careful not to use words that could compromise their sense of security. And as, as we grow, our sense of security becomes more complex. As adults, we might find our security in a job. We might find our security in having a certain number of clients or having a certain amount of income. We might find our security, our sense of security in a spouse. Our children's sense of security is very simple. Their sense of security is in the adults who are in charge of them. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about things with them, we need to be really careful not to try, not to use words that could potentially put our emotions about a situation onto them. So if, for example, the, the situation that we were in at the beginning of this month was a little bit tense, you know, and I know for you and for me, our sense of security is, is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But but it's still, you know, there there's the anxiety and the worry of, well, are we are we going to meet our budget? And we finally we decided, okay, we have to have a plan one way or the other. And we decided that if we didn't make a certain amount by the end of the month, that we would put our house on the market. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely not the ideal. But it was it was a good thing for us to have a plan to to know that that we were on the same page and to move forward together. Mm-hmm. Well, if we were to sit down with our children and explain that to them, their sense of security isn't in this house, you know. Where whereas some of our sense of security might be attached to that. Mm-hmm. And so if we if we come across as anxious or worried when it comes to losing this house, they begin to think, well, maybe I should put my security in that too. Mm-hmm. What's most important for them is to know that we love them and we're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And as long as that's true, it really doesn't matter what happens as far as they're concerned. Mm-hmm. Now we know we, as adults, we understand all of the complexity and stuff that goes into that. But when we, if we were to sit down and explain it, we want to do so objectively, simply stating facts. And this could work for a number of things. This, this happens to be an example that has to do with budget. But it could also be something where maybe because of a job, you're having to move to another city. Mm-hmm. 
and there are definitely some, you know, having to leave friends behind and that kind of thing, having to leave things that are familiar. Those are, those are things that are, that are sad and emotional that have to be dealt with, but that's not where their sense of security is. Yeah. Well, I will say this real quick. I was actually talking about this with my book club ladies last night. I realized that between the ages of 10 and 12, which are like some of the most just volatile years of a kid's life, you know, like junior high and that awkward, stupid phase, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I moved, my family moved out of state, then back to state and then within the state three times within those three years, which felt really traumatic to me. Yeah. Uh, and part of that was that my parents divorced at that same time and, you know, the whole sense of security was up in the air, but some, some of those things, I mean, you and I have talked about certain things, you know, with moving and, and trying to figure out how would that affect our children? Yeah. The, because when you're a parent, you know, you do, I mean, you don't want to create this perfect world for your children, but you do have to take some certain things in consideration. You know, I mean, my sister has a mostly deaf son and, she, you know, she has him enrolled in a deaf school. And if they were to move somewhere else, it could be that they might not find the same services that they get now, you know? And so some of those things have to be taken into account whenever we're making those decisions. Yeah. And, and not to discount what you were going through. I think that the fact that your parents were no longer together was a major contributor to, to your feelings, but moving that much, any, any major change in life comes with its own set of Mm-hmm. emotional fallout and and that does have to be dealt with it's it, it, th- so this isn't to say that there isn't some thing that you might need to work through emotionally but i'm the point i'm trying to make is that when we talk about these things the more we can do so objectively and and in a way that doesn't project our feelings onto our right. children letting them fe- feel their own feelings about it um, the easier it's going to be for us to have those conversations and the easier it's going to be for us to help them work through their emotions mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. So not all of adult world is, you know, that there's definitely some struggle and some trial, but there are also many good things. And, and so I want to, I want to bring the focus of this conversation back to kind of the, the positivity. We want to focus on the Why? As I said before, it's important to teach them the skills and and show them how to do some of these things. Mm-hmm. I was trying to see. I, I think it was Brooks. Oh yeah, so Brooks in the chat he said the amount of real world skills taught in school was next to nothing. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I don't I don't remember they had an economics class where they taught us about. It's like stocks the and stock stuff, market right? Worked. Yeah. But they but nobody knew how to but you were balance like a, a checkbook. Yeah. But and also you were like, I mean, I took economics when I was like 15. You don't even understand it at that point, you know? I was like, I don't even know how to read these stuff. We would have to do stock reports and stuff. And it was always just a guess. Like, I mean, maybe that was just me, but <laughs> yeah. I didn't know how to read that stuff. I wasn't interested in it at all. Like I probably would have enjoyed having a class where you learned how to pick the bargain price at the grocery store or something, you know, something like real world. Yeah. So, so it's really important for us to take on that role in our child's life of equipping them with the, 
the how, you know, how to get those things done. But what's, what, what's going to be even more important than that is connecting those things to the why, to the values. And this is a great opportunity when, when you're focusing specifically on one aspect to reevaluate our reasons for the choices we've made. And sometimes, sometimes we fall into this trap of, oh, we just, we do it this way just because that's how we've always done it. Mm-hmm. We, there's, there's that, that joke where, uh, the wife comes over for, I'm going to totally butcher this cause I'm <laughs> medicated. Sorry, everybody. So the, oh, it's the daughter-in-law, the daughter-in-law comes over and, and she gets the pan and she chops the, the butt off of the ham and puts it in the pan and and the mother-in-law says why why do you uh why do you do that and she said oh, i don't know it's it's the way we've always done it and she said i i know but i never understood why and so they go to the to the grandmother mm-hmm. and they say hey why do we cut the butt off of the ham and she says well, i don't know why you two do it but i did it because i didn't have a pan that was big enough <laughs> you know some sometimes we have these reasons for doing things that once upon a time were valid, yeah. But, but now no longer fit within our values, and so it's a great opportunity for us to bring those things back into question and and, and just reestablish our values around doing those things. Mm-hmm. So an example is with the budget we we budget our money. We we do a detailed budget so that we aren't tempted to spend money on things we don't need, mm-hmm. so that we have money for things that we really need or want later on. Mm-hmm. And, and you can tie that to kind of a, a long-term mentality. You'd say we don't just focus on things that we want right now. We save so that we can have the things that we really want down the road. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's about the long-term. And you can open those conversations with kids too. When um, our kids have been asking to go to this place called the jumpy place, which is like, basically uh an indoor what do they call them inflatables yeah and they just like you know they just jump around everywhere and it's super fun and they have a great time every time but for all of them to go it's probably what 60 bucks or something and so we've you know because we spent the month of september and we said there's nothing we are not going to spend anything extra the only thing that we can do are things that we already have memberships to or something like that Um, And that's been hard for the boys, but we've, I've tried to engage the conversation every now and then where I say, would you rather have a day at the jumpy place or, you know, in another year, possibly go to Disney world, you know, and they have no idea what Disney world is like or anything. Like they don't know how magical it is. Um, I think it's magical. That's where we honeymooned. So I think, yeah, I think it's magical. But, you know, we can open those conversations with our kids and they may not fully understand it now um, because time relativity is hard for kids anyway. So they don't get the whole, I don't get this today, but I will next year. You know, they don't get that time relativity. But, you know, just getting them thinking about these things, should I buy now or save later, save for later? And and the more practice they have with that, the the more they'll develop that sense of time you know i think the the reason some of us feel like putting something off a year or two years or five years seems like an eternity is because growing up we didn't develop 
a sense of time that that caused us to look at things in the long term. Right. So for me, I've really had to fight against this tendency that I have to think of three to five years as a long time when really it's relatively short. Mm -hmm. When you're talking about a big goal or a big dream that you have, seeing, seeing something accomplished in three to five years really is a short amount of time, but it seems, seems long to a majority of the world. Yeah. It's, it's really funny because I remember in college when I first went away, you know, it was the first time I was away from my parents and that kind of thing. And I, I've had a job since I was 15 because, um, my, my mom just, you know, she worked several jobs to help us have enough food to eat. Yeah. And if I wanted anything extra, I was responsible for that. But I remember going away to college and thinking, you know, one day I'm going to get married and it could be like four years from now, but my mom is probably not going to be able to help much. And so I'm just going to start saving. And as a freshman, this is just so weird, but as a freshman in college at 18, I started a wedding savings and I don't even remember how much I had. It was like several thousand dollars that I had by the time you and I got married. But, uh, but I just like, if I can... Not, I mean, I don't know if I'm comfortable with my boys being like, oh, I'm going to get married someday, so I should put away a med- <laughs> wedding savings. But, you know, if I can get my kids thinking about some of those things. I mean, it was four years from the day that I started that savings. And it didn't seem like it was that long of a time, you know? Yeah. Like, I knew that it was going to pass by pretty quickly. And it, if we can get our kids thinking about those kinds of things, because it really, I mean, as you get older older time passes very quickly anyway. (laughs) It's only when you're like, you know, waiting to graduate high school that it feels excruciatingly slow. Yeah, it does. (laughs) So, so obviously when we want to try to show some of this stuff to our kids, we want to do it in a way that can communicate to them in a way that they can grasp and understand based on where they are in their development. And so Obviously, you wouldn't sit your kid down in front of a QuickBooks program and try to <laughs> teach them all the ins and outs, or maybe you would. Yeah. I mean, so, some, some of these kids, kids would probably really like it. Yeah. That kind of thing. So, some probably of these be kids better, be, better math than what they learn in school. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. I think it does the math for you. Yeah, that's true. We're so old school. We're like, we're still using a spreadsheet. Uh, I, it, that's just the way I like to do it. Yeah. I don't know. I had to convince you to yeah, you start using. I, I used to use, well, I still pretty much use paper and pen. Yeah. But that's just the way my brain works. Sorry, Ben. That's okay. <laughs> so for our boys right now, we give them an allowance. And their allowance isn't tied to anything that they're doing um, necessarily to to jobs and chores. Although they do contribute to, you know, they've got after dinner chores that they do every night. Um, but I think what we decided was that as long as we had it on our budget, that was always something that they would have available to them. Yeah. And so that's been a great tool for us to show them, you know, if you, if you spend this money as soon as you get it, these are the things that you can get. Yeah. But if you save it, you could get this or this and we'll, we'll walk them around the toy aisle because mm-hmm. yeah, that's what they care about right now is toys. Mm-hmm. Walk them around the Although toy. the oldest said that he wanted to have a couple of dollars because fruit snacks cost a dollar and he could buy mm. two packages. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So toys and food. Sorry. I'm. I, they get that from me. Yeah, I know they do. Spending spending your extra money on extra food when you have plenty of food. My brother used to do that too, though. Yeah. So, I don't know. I I just always spent it on clothes. <laughs> Equally ridiculous. I'm just kidding. At least it. Yeah. At least you can wear it more than once. I guess so. You only get to eat one moment in time. That it, particular thing. But it feels good going down. Yeah, I suppose. Robert Guzzo in the community at seanwest.com slash community. You should check it out. But Robert posted a thread in a forum and he shared, he had one of his kids do a Lambo goal. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know what a Lambo goal is, go to lambogoal.com and you can see what that's all about. But anyways, it's basically just having having a big goal, something that seems maybe a little out of your reach and and then having some steps in, in place to accomplish it. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was super cute, but he had a picture of these, I think it was Lego figurines mm-hmm. that his son wanted to get. And then they figured out how much it would cost to get all of them. And then they, they kept tallying up how much he was saving on a piece of paper. And he just, you know, held on to that piece of paper and kept writing down as he would save money until eventually, I think, if I remember right, he, he had enough to get it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, that's a great way to teach your kids about money, too, and the value of a dollar. I think our boys last week, they did a few extra things, like uh, the five-year-old did the leaf blower after you had finished mowing the yard. Yeah. And... The six-year-old, I think you, what did you do? You clipped a shrub or something and he cleared all the branches and put them out in the, you know, in a place where yeah. they go. And we paid them like a dollar each and they were super excited. Like you don't have to pay them much. <laughs> no. In fact, we, uh, I even had a situation where I needed Jaden to watch his brothers for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I said, all right, I, I, I said, hey, Jaden, I need you to watch your brothers. And he said, well, you're going to have to pay me. <laughs> and I said, how much do you want? And he said, I want $20. Or No, I think it was like $200. Yeah. And I said, why? Well, I, I wouldn't, I can't, I can't pay you $200. And he said, hmm. okay, how about $1? <laughs> and I said, deal. So we got to work on his negotiation skills. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was a little too easy to bring him down from 200 to one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He probably could have gotten away with maybe five. I would have said like 10. It's pretty valuable. Yeah. You, but, but I'm a cheapskate. So yeah, you are. I want to bring in a question. This, this doesn't have to do so much with the direction that we were going with this episode, but I thought it'd be interesting for discussion. Brian asked, when I was little, my father wanted me to watch movies with him to learn about the quote unquote real world, like Terminator. (laughs) And it didn't quite work out. So not only how much, but when should you begin to expose your child to grown up world? So this, this comes back to the whole sense of security thing. And I would, I would also bring in 
there there are some things like like death and brutality and uh, things violence things that they don't have any context for yeah they don't the world is very black and white to them and so they don't they don't understand you know actors being in front of cameras with special effects mm-hmm. it all seems and feels real to them so there's there's actually according to brain science there's a particular age where children can tell the difference between fantasy and reality. And I can't remember the particular age, but it's somewhere around four and five. Uh, and so when you think about kids seeing movie, even, even these movies like Disney fairy tales where they have a dark witch in them, you know, there's a difference between uh, the scenes with the good people, you know, the, the people who are heroes and that kind of thing. And then there, when, when it gets to the villain scenes, it's very dark and they know that difference, but they don't really know how to tell the difference between reality and fantasy. And so in their minds, what they're thinking is this is real and a witch could come get me one night or she could take me away or she might have an apple that I would eat. And, you know, it just causes a lot of anxiety for kids who don't, who aren't able to tell that difference yet. So uh, I, I always go back to this example. I think I can't even remember how old I was, but my dad, um, when he was around, would let me watch Friday the 13th. Do you remember Friday the, thir- the 13th? Yes. Freddy Krueger and those like huge claw-like hands that, I mean, it, it was freaky, freaky yeah. stuff. And that was not appropriate for a kid of my age. I mean, I remember having nightmares. I had a tree that butted up right against my window. And every time it would scratch the window, I thought it was Freddy Krueger trying to get in. And that, you know, like that stuff is really traumatic for kids. <laughs> so yeah. we have to, we have to be really diligent about screening some of that stuff. I'm not saying that we protect them from everything. Um, because I remember the kids learning about things like September 11th in school And uh, our oldest learned about it as a kindergartner. And at first it made me uncomfortable because, you know, a lot of people died. It was a very traumatic event for the American world. And it was good that he was able to talk about that with classmates and with a teacher. And then he came home and was asking questions about it and those kinds of things. So it's not that our kids are not able to handle these things. I think that it just depends on each kid. And what they're, you know, we have to be diligent as parents to know what they can actually handle at their particular age group. Yeah. So I'm, I'm probably pushing the envelope a little bit, taking Jaden to see the new Star Wars movie. Yeah. But Jaden is at an age where he knows the difference between because he's eight. Yeah. And he knows the difference between what's real and what's not. And I, I feel like that opens up a whole world for kids because. You know, they know what's possible and they know what's not possible right now, which is, you know, Darth Vader. Well, I, I don't know. He's, <laughs> I think he might still believe in the force. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, this was, that was some fun discussion about that aspect of it, even though we weren't talking about getting into that originally. Yeah. I had wondered if you were going to talk about the whole you know, talking with them about adult things like, you know, September 11th, those kinds of things. You know, let's, let's get into that a little bit because that was one thing I, I, 
feel like I didn't have as many meaningful conversations about those kind of things Mm -hmm. as a child that I can remember as maybe would have been healthy, you know, just to, just to talk about the reality of what's going on and how it, how it impacts us and how it impacts other people. Because I mean, not only do those things help us to understand what's going on in our world, um, it activates the empathy that we have for other people, but it also, it helps us to feel gratitude for our own situation, that kind of thing. So I think, I think that's definitely a healthy thing. Yeah. And, and that's what it goes back to what I was saying. I think we just need to know our kids and the level of trauma that they can handle, you know, talking about those kinds of things there. There was a, uh, was it when he, Jaden was in first grade? I think the school had in the school district where we are, there was a bomb threat or something that happened and they shut down, like they locked down the schools they wouldn't let parents come get their kids. It was it was pretty scary. And this was just after the Connecticut thing. It was Connecticut, right? Where they the Sandy Hook. Yeah, where the guy came in and killed a bunch of elementary kid uh elementary kids. And so like parents were freaking out because they didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't they didn't say which school it was that had, you know, and and there was there was actually a person who was cited outside of one of the schools. They wouldn't let us know which one it was and this kind of I mean it was pretty freaky and we had to have that conversation with our child when he came home because he was just like I didn't understand what was happening and and so there are places where the real world comes in to meet our kids and we have to be ready to have those conversations and it was really hard because you know how do you tell your kid who's in first grade that just a few months ago there were you know 20 kindergartners and first graders who were just shot for no reason, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think we just, we have to be gentle about the ways that we, you know, I, I mean, we didn't, we didn't tell them what kind of gun we didn't, I don't even think we told them that they were shot or anything like that. We just, you know, we talked about the tragedy, tragedy that had happened at, at this school Yeah. and it was a good conversation, but, um, but I think that if we're not willing to have those conversations, it actually causes more fear and more anxiety in our children because, then they're left wondering, well, what did happen and should I be afraid? So, yeah. because I mean, that's a scary thing. If, if your school is on lockdown, you know, that's a scary thing for kids and nobody's telling you anything. You don't know what can happen. Yeah, that's really good. All right. Well, I think I'm going to go ahead and wrap this episode up. Okay. We didn't have any other questions. No, um, that was that was just a, a question I wanted to bring in to kind of take it in a different direction. But, um, but just to recap, it is important and and very valuable to let our kids into the world of adult responsibilities and, and, you know, in, in gentle ways to show them how those things work, but most importantly to help them understand why and the values that go behind those things. So, yeah. all right. Okay. Rachel, where can people go to find us online? Uh, in the boat with ben.com. That's right. If you go to in the boat with ben.com, you can sign up for our newsletter. And we also post our weekly episodes there. You can look at the show notes. We've got the highlights and quick wins. You can just breeze right through those if you don't have a whole lot of time. Also, you can find Rachel at racheltolson.com. She is on Twitter at Rachel Tolson. And I'm on Twitter at Ben Tolson.
if you guys want to help out this show, one of the best ways you can do that is going to seanwest.com slash community and sign up. That's all I have to say. It's well, no, it's not all I have to say. This place <laughs> is amazing. It's full of amazing people um, having conversations like this every day. So you owe it to yourself to check it out, see what it's all about. And it's one of the ways that uh, you can help make this show possible. All right, guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for bearing with sick Ben today. (laughs) See you next week. See ya. Yeah, <laughs> you feel like zoning out. Really? Yeah, like I would talk for a while and I could tell that you were just lost. You're lost in space. <laughs> so remind me not to do a show on Claritin again. Yeah. Which is so weird because it's a non-drowsy medication. No, I was telling you I was feeling that way before. So I Yeah, think but I remember just- when I took Claritin... I got really, I mean, I'm a weakling when it comes to medication, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, people in the chat are saying that the force is real. Yeah. And and I, I tend to agree with that, though I, I don't have the ability to use it yet. I say mm-hmm. yet. Every once in a while, uh, especially when I'm sitting somewhere and there's something that I need and it's on the other side of the room and, and I don't want to get don't have up. enough energy. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll reach out my hand and try to, you know, like force, <laughs> use the force to pull it to my hand. Hasn't worked yet, but not, not yet. Not going to give up. <laughs> so silly. Yeah. So did you, did your parents teach you? I was going to ask this on air, but, uh, I figured you were a little too, loopy but did your parents teach you about things like budget and that kind of thing a little bit it was it was kind of well okay so for managing money i had i had my own job and i had i I guess that was it I, i you know i had my own job and my money was my business and there were things that i needed to pay for like car insurance and that kind of thing Mm hmm. but i can't i can't remember more than maybe just sitting down one or two times and and looking at the ledger and writing some things out and then being like, okay, good, you got it. Yeah, that's probably why you were in such bad shape when you came to me. <laughs> just kidding. My my parents didn't do anything with me either. I, I remember my mom teaching me how to write a check. But for some reason, I just, like, I had an innate, I don't know what it was. Like, I was just able to do it, the whole budget thing. I worked yeah. on a budget from the time I was like 15. So I'm just one of those weird people, I guess. I like to know where everything's going and that kind of thing. 
So, yeah, I mean, the detail stuff definitely comes more naturally to some than others. Yeah. Mm hmm. It's crazy. I don't enjoy doing that as much, but I think it comes easier for me than it does for you. Yeah. I think you could enjoy it, though. If mm. if there wasn't if there wasn't worry or anxiety wrapped up in it. Well, it's not just that either. It's the time. If you, takes. if you had all the time in the world. Yeah. If you didn't feel like you were doing it at the expense of something else. Right. Yeah. So. At the expense. <laughs> you, don't you have a client meeting too today? Or did I you d- cancel it? No, I didn't cancel it, but I did change it to a conference call. Oh, okay. That's good. At least you don't have to go anywhere. Yeah. And you can just go to bed or whatever. I'm gonna do I'm gonna have the conference call in my bed. <laughs> they don't have to know. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. So hopefully next week you won't be sick. Yeah, hopefully. We'll <laughs> see. It's awful. Yeah. I'm I, I know I'm being a baby about it, but I really don't like it. Yeah. I guess not. This after show is the worst. It kind of is because you're just like, so on a, on a good note, or I, I mean, I guess not really a good note, but I stayed up way too late last night because I run a book club and we meet once a month and it was the first time all of us had been together because we had like one person missing each month and we like totally lost track of time. Yeah. I'm typically really um, a Nazi about sleep. So yeah, I didn't get enough sleep last night, but I actually feel okay. It'll probably hit me tomorrow. Probably. (laughs) So I'm glad your mom's coming into town. Maybe she can help. Yeah. Oh, she will. We were supposed to have a date night tonight, but you're sick. I think, I think I can still hang with you. Uh We'll see. You think you can power through? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, for a date night, you know? Yeah. Okay. 